0: Owning your own business, I would say, as you I'm sure know, Kelsey, is extremely Mm -hmm. rewarding. You will miss that personal autonomy and empowerment if you leave. But like I said, it's it's not not for the faint of heart. And it's okay (laughs) to step away if you know this is, is a season for growing in a new way. And if you leave, don't feel like you can't restart again. You certainly can. I'm obviously living proof.
1: Hey, you're listening to the Shiro Show, home to authentic conversations about business, marketing, and the highs and lows of entrepreneurship. I'm Kelsey, your host and founder of Shiro's. After spending some time being undervalued as a nine-to-fiver, I left my job, got gritty, and built a thriving business that used to only exist in my Pinterest dreams. And now I'm going to teach you how to do the same with the tried and trusted strategies I've used to build my business think of this podcast as free business school where you can steal my MBA knowledge to get effective and applicable business tips without the huge price tag. Each week, you'll learn from myself and trusted guest experts that will help you scale your business without sacrificing your life in the process. So grab a coffee or a glass of wine and let's get ready to dive in. Hello and welcome to the Shiro show. I am so excited to have Austin of Plum and Parcel with me today. We go way back (laughs) to our small town of Anacorts, Washington. So I'm really excited to have her chat about her business. And so without further ado, I'm gonna pass over the mic and why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your business? Thanks, Kelsey, for having me
0: and, yeah thanks to all that are listening i am austin kapoor Uh, like kelsey said i'm the founder and ceo of plum and parcel an integrated marketing communications agency enabling intentional and purpose-driven businesses to be seen and heard i'm a wife and mama of two i reside in uh, the san francisco bay area Uh, though i'm originally from the little town that kelsey is also from in washington State. Plum and Parcels model is we tell stories that shine. We're all about driving more light into this world by sharing thoughtful, integrated stories that break through the darkness. And we execute this best for our companies with purpose. And some of those brands include You Caring, which was acquired by GoFundMe in 2018, uh, Visa and other financial services, e-commerce and consumer
1: product businesses. So that's a little bit about us. And me. Wonderful! <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I am so excited for you to welcome your new little one into this world soon. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I, I said two. I have two children, but one is on the way and should be here any day now. So this, <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely cutting it close, but excited <laughs>
1: to have he or she here soon. That's so exciting. Okay, so you recently launched your business after you had gone back into the corporate world and this is so awesome and exciting and i love it that you opened the doors because you inspired me to start my business um and so what made you decide to reopen the doors to plum and parcel and what has that process been like for you yeah, I definitely left that part out. So
0: I originally founded Plum and Parcel in 2014 um, and then closed shop in 2017 to cut my teeth back in the corporate world. Um, between 2017 and then early this year, um, I spent five years in a nine to five job developing my skills tremendously. I learned a ton personally and professionally. I saved a ton, I grew up, um, but I also became a first time mom during that time. and. Um, I, I should say, in the middle of a, a pandemic, <laughs> nonetheless. Um, so that's when my my values and priorities started to change. It was It was in the fall of 2021, so not that long ago. But um, when I I just realized i somewhat lost my identity in the corporate workplace, and I just was really convicted that my season of deprioritizing other important values and priorities of mine, including building my family. Um, Growing my feet was was essentially over. I just really needed more flexibility. Um, I desired a remote working environment that allowed me to flex my time a bit more. And I was, I was really hungry to do work that fueled my purpose, which I believed was serving clients with an array of services similar to those I served at and Parcel previously. So I was just, I was really eager to get back to that. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt um, I felt called to to start it again and um, yeah, it's been just such a a fun a fun process, a fun roller coaster of a process, but also um, restarting has been so much easier than I expected. I think that's been a surprise. Um, building the business, uh, like the business financial marketing plans, hiring support, securing clients. That's actually come pretty organically and naturally. Uh, And I've also maybe it's just I've tweaked my expectations, lowered them a little bit, which has also (laughs) helped with the process. And then I've also surrounded myself with like-minded entrepreneurs such as yourself, Kelsey, Kelsey, just to encourage and develop me. That has been a game changer, I I think, as far as how I approach the business. Um, The first time around, I, I think I I definitely isolated myself a bit more. Um, so that has really kind of put a little fuel under the fire, uh, as well. But one thing I did, I forgot is just how much work it is to own your own <laughs> business <laughs> and how important <laughs> like continual grit and discipline is. It's like, it is not for the faint of heart. I I've yeah. just like forgot about that, but I, I'm absolutely loving every bit of it. So it's all worth it.
1: Awesome. I was, I'm glad that you filled that in because I was going to ask like how different it's been this time, like launching headfirst into your business versus when you initially started. And number one, like surrounding yourself with like, like-minded like people has been a game changer. Like I also isolated myself within like, I've say like the first year of my business because i'm like nobody will understand there's nobody (laughs) there's nobody out here like me and then just you know you open up your instagram and you're like oh wow look at all these people (laughs) yeah there's plenty of plenty of
0: people out there to connect with and i think it's just figuring out who those people are in your corner at the, begin, at the beginning. And then I think it just kind of spirals from there. Once you get a few people you've connected with, you just, you want to do more of it. And that's where I recommend um, different, there's different programs out there that you can opt into, or um, I also in a mentorship program. That's really been really wonderful. Um, so yeah, I, I, I just so recommend that at the beginning. It's, it's, it's definitely been a game changer
1: yes i completely agree so recently i feel like i've seen a lot of people that are shifting from their online based business and they're all deciding not all they're deciding to move back into the corporate world you know for various reasons and i find it really fascinating because i am not gonna lie like i've definitely considered leaving my business and to pursue a more stable and like, just, you know, consistent job. Um, So going back to when you were facing the decision to leave your business, what thoughts were going through your mind? And how did you ultimately decide that you wanted to go back to get a nine to five job?
0: Well, first of all, I want to commend you, Gelsie, <laughs> for <laughs> sticking it out um, and for pushing through, because I think that's a very common feeling people have of that st- needing that stability um, or desiring that stability. And I, I will say that was part of my decision-making then. Um, but the other part was um, I just had a big desire to round out my skill sets in, in marketing communications, which you can totally do while you're still owning your business, running your business, and you should just as... I would invest in my uh, professional development in my nine to five job, um, or at least my most recent one. Mm-hmm. I am I'm doing that now in my own business. So, um, but at the time, I felt like I wanted to go back just to be able to make cr- more connections with others in my field more more quickly and just be surrounded by, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of people that would um, teach me new things in this field. In a sense, I for me it was free. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I also moved to a new city with a crazy amount of job opportunity. I moved to San Francisco, um, where there was just, I mean, there every big tech company is out here, so it was hard to not see a really great um, opportunity in front of me to to just test that out and and like I said, grow my um, skill sets in in marketing communications and. That definitely happened. Like I said, I I really grew, um, and I I grew up as well. Uh, And I I also, at that time, needed more certainty financially, which we talked about. Is uh, yeah, some something people uh, entrepreneurs desire when they're in this bit of a rut.
1: Um, Mm -hmm.
0: So that was my my decisioning at that time, and I definitely don't regret those steps because they they definitely have gotten me here to this moment. Um, but uh, it was it was an easy decision. It, it wasn't something I just, you know, one morning was like, I'm leaving my business. It, was, it <laughs> took um, a lot of wrestling with um, that for, I would say, more than six months. Um, but when I just had an opportunity presented to me um, at the time, um, it, it just felt right then. Um, but It also felt right to step away five years later.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's awesome that you've had that experience. And obviously it's very beneficial, like even from just listening to you talk about how, you know, when first starting out your business, like it was more challenging and now everything is feeling really aligned and kind of just like effortlessly flowing together outside of like the, you know, nitty gritty work part. But That says a lot, just having, having the clients flow just easily. That says a lot. So that's awesome for somebody that is struggling in their business right now, or maybe they're wanting to expand and go deeper in their knowledge to better serve their clients. Like you were, what advice would you offer to them in this stage? yeah and as i mentioned you certainly can build
0: out your skills or um yeah build out expand that knowledge while you're you're still in your business Um, if you're thinking about leaving i'd say do it for the right reasons think really critically about what's best for you personally and professionally and for your family, if that's applicable long-term and and not for the short-term needs. So don't <laughs> leave or abandon ship for that grass is greener mentality. Any <laughs> option you choose will be difficult, whether you're, yeah, whether you're in the business or out. Owning your own business, I would say, as you I'm sure you know, Kelsey, is extremely mm-hmm. rewarding. You will miss that personal autonomy and empowerment if you leave. But like I said, it's it's not not for the faint of heart. And It's okay <laughs> to step away if you know this is, is a season for growing in a new way. And if you leave, don't feel like you can't restart again. You certainly can. I'm obviously living proof. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it, it's really important to think about the long-term effects of that decision um, and know that certainly can you sh- certainly can do what you, like what you've been doing, Kelsey, for example, um, with getting your MBA, like you can do this while you are in your in your business. but you also if you feel that you need to step away to focus on on building those skills or um, yeah, whatever that next step is outside of it because just because of bandwidth or um, for other needs, family needs, that's totally okay too. Every person is unique and different in their, their current situation.
1: Yeah, I, I really like your approach because I feel like we get so stuck in our own heads, you know, when we're wrestling with the the decision of what we should do and what's best. And like, oftentimes I think that people are so concerned about what other people will think if they close their doors versus, you know, like what is truly best for them at that stage of their life. And so your approach is very freeing and I really appreciate that.
0: Yep. We're all, we're all living our own, our own paths. And um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's just being very mindful and thoughtful of those decisions and not being um, yeah, not jumping into them immediately off of one pain point or one uncomfortable moment,
1: Um, Mm -hmm. but
0: but yeah, just really thinking long-term and thoughtfully
1: yeah so now that you have reopened your business um your focus has kind of shifted from influencer marketing and social media marketing to more of an integrated marketing approach what does this mean to you and how does it help your clients
0: yeah so the marketing communications industry, which again, you'll know um, has changed dramatically <laughs> since, yes. I mean, since 2014 to 2017, that five years. Um, so, and so in my my professional skills, personally, you, you just develop a lot, you can develop a ton in, in five years. Um, so when I was looking to, rela- to relaunch, I, I knew I needed and desired to broaden my services, uh, which is why, We now offer a more holistic strategic integrated marketing communications approach versus at the time a more short short short-term pr only um we were i would say we were an execution machine as an integrated marketing communications agency we advise on both internal and external marketing communication strategies and tactics and that's across channels and mediums as well. So that could be from media and influencer relations to content marketing, to thought leadership, uh, employee communications, branding, traditional PR. We serve clients over a six month plus uh, period that are really looking for that long-term direction and support. So um, definitely a lot more holistic, more strategic and long-term versus uh, before it was very short-term campaigns that um, were uh, more execution oriented versus thinking about how will this impact this business
1: um, for, the, for the long haul yeah i i love that approach it's more like all-inclusive and less so let's just like turn this thing around and you know get it out there i think that you know, taking the time to also like execute on the strategies that you're developing is huge as far as results go for the longevity of the business. So that is awesome. What does one of these integrated marketing communication plans look like in action?
0: Yeah, so let me sit back and just describe really fast what integrated marketing communications is to begin with. at least how we describe it. it, So it's an approach to promoting a strong singular message through multiple strategies that work together to reinforce one another. Um, So depending on a business needs, like I said, um, these strategies could include PR, advertising, social media, email marketing, sponsorship um, event marketing employee communications the point is to reflect a consistent message through all these different marketing and communication tactics with your key or priority target audiences so having having consistent message makes it easier for them to understand who you are um, why your product or service is important and a clear repetitive um, message or messaging is is also a proven method to attract and retain customers, clients, employees, also builds further trust and reputation. So we help our clients define that messaging to begin with, but we also help them uh, build strategic plans that help them deliver that message through those um, th- that array of marketing, communications, strategies and tactics, channels and mediums. So when we start developing plan, we definitely want to first understand who the companies target audiences are, um, any objectives and strategic priorities they already have in place. And then it's important for us to do a bit of market market research and perform a competitive analysis to understand their opportunities, their strengths, their weaknesses, their threats, and then to complete a a thorough audit uh, of their current marketing communications right that they're doing right now to address these and this really helps us see major holes and opportunities and then build that that plan really thoughtfully and in that plan we'll have that chance to think really creatively and out of the box about the strategies and tactics we'll use to carry their unique messages uh, forward um, and as well as a realistic timeline to execute them and then obviously like you just mentioned mentioned will help execute them as well. Um, we can't do everything (laughs) that is Mm -hmm. in the plans, but it is, um, it's a starting place to say what out of what we've come up with, what's a few different tactics we want to execute on right now. And let's, let's go after them and do them and deliver them for you.
1: So that's kind of what it looks like with working with us. That's awesome. So do you find, do you also find like if you and your team were not going to, you know, let's say, execute a video that's a part of this marketing campaign, would you then like source a few different videographers that would be able to help them? Like, are you kind of like putting all of the pieces together so that the company is able to, you know, pick who they want for each piece of the puzzle? exactly
0: yes so having a good referral system in place and 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 vendors and other partners that we work with is um it's definitely a part of what we do because we certainly can't do it all um so yes that's exactly um if there's something that's a perfect example if if it is a video we're going to create working with sometimes they have um our clients already have partners that they enjoy working with um but we can we can also advise on our behalf and connect them with those um, those external vendors if it's a service that we are not able to do ourselves but many of the services we we are we are able to do um, but there are, are certain ones that we recommend um, partnering partnering with other uh, close referrals to
1: to work with as well I collaborations my favorite thing about this business getting to meet other people in the space so that's so cool and that's adds like a little fun little element for you guys as well. Okay. So one aspect that you really hone in on with your clients is public relations. And this was something when I first met you, you were definitely doing this a lot. And so why do you think that this is such an important aspect of a business's marketing mix?
0: Yes. Uh, traditional PR really helps build reputation and credibility. We we just live in a world where simple media coverage, winning awards, or speaking at a large conference on a big stage is glorified. I can't <laughs> say that I'm supportive of that glorification, um, but I know it works to build trust and excitement for uh, current and prospective customers, clients, employees. Uh, So that's why we recommend it as a foundational marketing communications tactic. But that's also why, it's one of the main reasons why we serve purpose-driven businesses. I wanna be putting the right people in the spotlight, those that Mm -hmm. really are passionate and well-intentioned and making a positive difference in the world with their work because um, like I said, it's it's putting them in a spotlight that not everyone deserves. So
1: (laughs) I I, I wanna make sure it's
0: for the the right companies and the the right
1: businesses. Oh, I love that. Um, So ROI is obviously a very important aspect of a business deciding whether to make an investment in their marketing or not. Um, What metrics do you use to measure ROI um, within integrated marketing communications? And then also more specifically, what is the ROI that someone could anticipate from uh, like public relations efforts?
0: Yeah so we um, we look at at metrics depending on the marketing communications channels we recommend in our plan um, so mm-hmm. that could be publication reach and engagement it could be social performance it could be partnerships forged it could be event attendance uh, it could be new visits and orders uh, it really depends on that specific plan um, and then and the tactics we recommend in that plan uh, but share a voice is a metric will you, you'll see used to measure pr which compares brand awareness on different marketing channels against uh, your competitors, it's it's the market share your brand owns versus uh, them. It's a percentage, so that's one metric that I think is really helpful and just being inclusive of everything that we are doing that that share of voice. But that is one that has is really popular on the external communications front or the PR front um, that people use to um, to measure uh, the the progress they've made in in communications. But I will say that. Um, that ex- I would say PR in the past has been really hard to measure, um, but there are certainly a lot more ways now that uh, media coverage you can definitely you can definitely um, use that as it, as far as web traffic that's being sent to your site, uh, referrals that way. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, the publication reach and engagement. So there there are a lot more ways now um, that everything's is digital. Um, But uh, in the past, it certainly was harder to to measure.
1: I am like, I just signed up for help a reporter out and I'm like dabbling and trying to get my feet wet (laughs) with this. So it's all very interesting. Um, Yeah, I'll
0: say that um, PR um, is, well, it's something that people expect is free and these mm -hmm. days it's not <laughs> it yeah. pays to actually play and um i think that's one miss um yeah a, a, a thought of people that they think that it all of a sudden you just get this media coverage and it, it's, <laughs> it's a lot more nuanced and now so competitive um that you do have to to pay to actually get that coverage which is is kind of surprising
1: pulling back the curtains. That's good. I like that. Um, if somebody were to come to you and ask like what the first thing that they needed to do to get started with PR, what would you say?
0: I would say, um, get clear on your target audience and the message you have to deliver to them, which I think is why it's so important to work with someone like us to help you figure out those messages uh, Mm -hmm. that that you are delivering because, uh, it, it's the question is, what do, you, what do you have to say? And who are you saying it <laughs> to? Um, I mean, the media is not going to care unless it is. Um, it's something that is important to, to their, their outlet, their people, and it will make sense for you if you know specifically who your target audience is and who your target publications are. Um, and also, it's important to know who is your speaking roster. Are they media trained? Um, whether speaking to the media or at an event, people are going to expect you, if you're, you're the one speaking to be poised, uh, in delivering your brand's message or, or the brand you represents message. So be prepared to do your own work to deliver those messages well. Um, so don't think that you can just walk into any, uh, <laughs> speaking opportunity and, um, be able to pull it off without. Yeah, definitely
1: um, not. Know, yeah.
0: Yeah, so that's really important as well as as being comfortable and confident in owning your voice, your message for the the brand you serve.
1: Thank you so much for sharing all of these value nuggets with my audience. Um, I always like to wrap up the interview episodes with a few questions just about your entrepreneurship journey. so the first question is can you tell us about a time that you were really tested in your entrepreneurship journey and i know we touched on the decision to leave or stay um, but is there another time that you can reference that would might be helpful for our audience
0: well i would say my first initial thought was to uh well, first to just say hmm, one time how about every day <laughs> and it was related to uh you know the financial stability and, and benefits piece that comes from a nine to five job um at least in the bay area and which mm-hmm. is one of the most expensive places to live and um that really tests me often so that's where my my head really went to because i i just think it's a it's a real feeling and um a, a real thought that that entrepreneurs that are just, whether they're just getting started, or for me, I was three years in, um, mm-hmm. feel uh, often. Um, but for me, that's where personally my faith comes in. I believe I was called into a bigger purpose, and part of my story is leading in owning and owning club & Parcel, and I'm not willing to give into my fa- financial comfort at this point to leave that calling. And I hope there are other people out there that that experience a similar feeling that they were called to this, this is their purpose, um, and that, and to own that, to not, mm-hmm. um, to not back away from that, and uh, it, even when it's hard, even when you're being tested, really, r- like we talked about, of really thinking critically, uh, if you're going to leave, why you're leaving, and if you leave, will you miss out on those opportunities to serve? The clients, the partners, the people uh, that you've you've been called to serve in the, in this this season. So um, that for me is is just some something I guess I want to reinforce with your audience is just is that you're going to be tested, but also be be strong and just really reflect on where you've been called um, mm-hmm. and and make sure you yeah you make the right decision based on your your personal needs but also um just also think about the the people people you, that have been uh, put placed in your life
1: yeah this oh that's that I had goosebumps when you were talking about that because it is so true like every day is going to be hard like if that's just the truth of the journey that you're on if you're choosing to be an entrepreneur, but like your vision and your purpose has to be bigger than the temporary discomfort of, you know, every stage that you're going to encounter as an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard work. It's not for the faint of heart, as I'll keep saying, but, um, having perspective, keeping that perspective of, where you've been placed um, and not, not everyone's called to be a business owner. So how cool yeah. is it for those that have been?
1: Yeah, totally. So what do you think, and I feel like there are probably a couple, but what do you think um, is a critical characteristic of any successful entrepreneur?
0: Resilience?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, resilience. Uh, is one yeah, and then the other one that is comes to mind is discipline um first of all resilience is just yeah your ability to move through the painful points um you're gonna be i, I think i listened to a podcast kelsey where you're like you're talking about on on social that sometimes you're tapping you're tapping the mic and saying is anyone there is anyone <laughs> and, and that, that's hard if you feel that over and over again uh yourself out there and it's not whether it's not well received or you or or maybe just there's no one you feel like no one's there listening or engaging Mm and that can be really um ego uh it just can really you know mess with your your ego a little bit of why am I, why am I doing this? Is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? And I think that resilience piece of knowing that there are going to be those moments where it seems like nobody's listening, um, but that you just got to keep pushing forward. You just got to keep moving with the plans that you have established. I think it's so critical to be really thoughtful of how you set your business up, um, just your, your business strategy, your, Obviously, your marketing strategy; um, those things are just really important to have in place. But, but know that if you're you have those plans in place and you're executing against them, they're not gonna it's not gonna all be magic and everything's gonna work out exactly <laughs> overnight. Uh, it's gonna take time and it's gonna take um, just trust in that process. So yeah, resilience is so important. And then with that, the discipline piece is too. If you're building out that that strategy if you're building out those plans to follow through Um, don't don't just create them to create them like they are (laughs) there to guide you in this process and it takes a lot of discipline to continue to uh to to follow through on them so um i think that 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 is something that is, is a critical characteristic you need to have is to be someone that Sets goals and works towards them, um, and continues to um, just keep themselves honest in delivering. Or th- you need both of those together to to be to know that it's going to be tough, it's going to be hard, but also to be disciplined to keep moving forward with your plans. So um, I think those would be two characteristics I would I would say would make a successful entrepreneur
1: yeah absolutely i g- agree with you 100 percent and especially with the discipline piece like my mind is going to the fact that you know you have to be disciplined in you know doing the tasks like you were saying you create the plan and then like you have to execute it it's not just like going to fall into place magically But a lot of the times I feel like people, you know, create the plan and then they don't actually take any action because taking the action is kind of like the most overwhelming piece of it because you're like, oh my gosh, I have so much work to do.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It can be overwhelming. It can be, it could stop people in their tracks to say, okay, I've done this, but yeah, how do I actually have find the time to act upon it? And that's where I think if you have the opportunity to hire help or support, yeah. um, that that's where I think the the rubber meets the road is is to know that you're not alone in in delivering all of it and executing all of it. That you have um, you have other people around you that can can help with with that. So um, highly recommend if you're able to make that work financially in your business too to bring on additional help to help you actually execute and move forward with your plans
1: yeah definitely that was i was going to say that next because a lot of the times entrepreneurs like we're visionaries and we're the big thinkers and we're the people who dream and like come up with the plans but i know for myself like i have a hard time actually doing the plan <laughs> um and so it's re- been really helpful to like be able to hire employees who help me actually execute on that plan so definitely recommend that okay One more question before we round things up for today. Um, What are some parting words of wisdom that you would give to an early stage entrepreneur who is just kind of in the weeds, figuring things out right now and they have big goals, but they're not sure how they're gonna get there? I think it may be a little bit
0: of echo of of some of the things I've said i'd say in your initial business and financial planning be as thoughtful as you can about a long-term business strategy versus diving right in and offering services immediately at at a killer price that that to me is what burnt me out personally uh, is that my contracts were just not set up appropriately to accommodate my financial needs long term and i think that's what we just were we've talked about is that need of wanting financial stability from a corporate nine-to-five job. Well, if you can really think critically about that piece up front when you're building your business, um, that will just set you up so much better to be successful at running and owning this, bus- this business long term. So um, at least for me, that's that has been um, a different approach I've taken in, in defining my service packages, my scopes of work and the time I take it, it will take to execute them, which is leading to much better financial forecasting by uh, pricing methods and and then just client expectations. So, plus I'm I'm much more sane for it. <laughs> it um <laughs> so highly recommend just being really really thoughtful up front uh, when you're building out your business um, especially around that financial piece. What is really realistic and um yeah that forecasting is just really important to hopefully make this work for for you as a a new business owner long term
1: yeah and it will make you feel so much more comfortable comfortable like it's going to bring you comfort to have that financial stability like having those longer term contracts it's just going to bring you peace of mind. So highly yeah. recommend it can feel scary to be like, yeah, I only start at six months, 12 month contracts, but trust, trust Austin and myself that it's going <laughs> to just make you feel so much more stable. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's not to say
0: that you can't offer the shorter term down the line and, or think of other, which you've done, Kelsey really thought, um, how other product offerings that you can offer too. But I think when you're just starting, um, at least as a service business, having those, yeah, six plus month contracts is just so freeing to know, you know, what's coming in for those six plus months and for you to be able to plan your, your business business's expenses and finances appropriately based on on that. So the longer the better, um, if possible at least for us at least that's what's worked for us um yeah. this this
1: time around for sure and you get to build a like more long-term relationship with the client which makes it more fun too so yeah definitely highly recommend from all fronts well again thank you so much for coming on the Shiro show and sharing your wisdom and experiences it was a great time and I'm sure we could talk for hours (laughs) we have in fact before so um I just appreciate you and thank you so much
0: thank you Kelsey for having me it was so fun to to catch up with
1: you and Um, I hope these little nuggets were, were helpful to your audience too. Thank you so much for listening to the She Rose show for more value packed and inspiring episodes like this one, make sure you're subscribed or following the She Rose show on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you are tuning in today. Make sure to check out the show description for links mentioned in today's show and please leave us a review, give us some love on social, or share this episode with one of your business friends. We love getting to see what your favorite episodes are and hearing your thoughts and feedback. Also, you don't have to wait until next week to come hang out with us. Make sure to say hello on Instagram at WeAreSheRose. We will see you next week on The Shiro Show.